Welcome back to Let Up With Love. I hope you're having a great week. I am back in Scottsdale, had an amazing time at home in Florida, just relaxing, hanging out with my family, and finding my wedding dress. So it was great. It was just what I needed. I came back feeling so refreshed and actually have some life news, got a job in Phoenix. So I am officially a Scottsdale resident. You know, we had moved out here, but I was still working a job on the East Coast and now I am fully here. So super, super excited to begin this new adventure and have a community here in Arizona. Really excited to meet my colleagues. I will be working at a law firm which I've never done before. So in terms of the podcast, I will likely be front loading a lot of interviews in the next couple of weeks before I start this new job and may switch to a every other week cadence just because I want to be 100% in my new job. So more to come on there. We'll see, but I'll definitely keep you updated. I do have some great guests coming up that I'm excited about. And, you know, in terms of the job, I also just want to say I was not ready for a new job. And then once I was ready, it was like the universe sent me this magical fairy godmother of a recruiter who, when she connected me with this firm, everything just lined up weirdly well. Um, It was her father's firm. He's the managing partner. I clicked immediately with the partner I'm working for. Everything just really fell into place. So this is just A reminder that when you're having a bad time, the universe has your back. I'm currently reading Gabby Bernstein's Universe Has Your Back. And it's true. I mean, ask the universe for help and the universe will help you. I really believe in that. Um, You also have to put yourself out there, though. I mean, I was actively, you know, in communication with this recruiter once we got in touch. I wasn't just sitting around hoping a job would fall into my lap. I was definitely putting myself out there. Then I think the universe sends you signs that you're on the right path. So I'm going to go to a law firm where I'll be learning skills that will be directly applicable to a lot of things we talk about on the show and time legal issues come up. In the past, I've been in more of an in-house capacity that hasn't been directly applicable to things we talk about on this show. But it's funny, I accept this job and then I interview my guest today and she brought up several different legal issues and why you need a lawyer for them. And those are the kind of things that um, I could hopefully help entrepreneurs with. And it was just a nice reminder of how important it is to be a lawyer. So just little things like that that I appreciate from the universe. I also went to a psychic when I was home in Florida and I just love this stuff. If anyone has a medium that wants to come on this show, I would love that because every time I go to a psychic, they're so spot on. They know my whole life and it's just... It's so reassuring at the end of the day that someone can pick up on these things about you and then you could talk to them about it. Um, They told me my fiance was my soulmate, which I already knew, but she didn't, I mean, I wasn't wearing an engagement ring, so she just knew. She also told me that I will be working on a side hustle, side business, and we'll be having a lot of creativity in the fall. So maybe that will be on the show. Maybe in October and September, I'm going to have this epic guest. So just just preparing you. Before I introduce today's guest, I just want to let you know that Cured Nutrition, my favorite CBD, has a new product. I think they've had it out before. This is my first time trying it, um, but it's a limited release. It's their cinnamon and honey CBD. So you can throw it into your coffee. It's just like this delicious cinnamon honey CBD powder, and it makes a, an amazing frothy, delicious latte. 
with those CBD benefits. So I would highly recommend ordering that before they sell out. It's so delicious. I've been drinking it in my coffee every morning and it's just so calming. And you could probably also throw it in tea or just in like warm milk to just make like a delicious frothy milk elixir. There's no THC in their CBD. It's just made purely from nature. And I swear by it. I, I'd use their mint tincture all the time. I love their Rise Aura and Zen products. Um, but the cinnamon honey is just, I think, so much more approachable because it's also just delicious. Head to curednutrition.com. Use the code LOW, L-O, for 10% off. You will not regret it. Now on to today's guest, Erica Welsh. She's one of the co-founders of Wild Friends, a female-founded natural foods company specializing in nut butters. So Erica and her best friend Keely started the company in 2011 when they were college students. They were literally 18 and 19. How amazing is that? So Wild Friends makes a variety of nut and seed butters with simple, friendly ingredients. You've probably seen them at your grocery store. They are everywhere, like every grocery store. They have so many delicious combinations and flavors. I know they even have a collaboration with Be Well by Kelly, Kelly Levesque. So they have a Be Well blend. They have chocolate coconut peanut butter. They have chocolate collagen peanut butter. They are so awesome and their ingredients are amazing. They're also a B Corp. If you're not already using their nut butters, you need to go buy them right now. Just head to Sprouts and get them. They are just the best. This is such a great interview because not only do we talk about, you know, founding the company, but we also just get into the fact that Erica and Keely dropped out of college to create this company. It was just doing so well that it ended up becoming their education. They were just like, you know, let's go full time with this. And we talk a lot about how when you go to college, you don't necessarily need to know what you're doing because you might find a class that really intrigues you and then that becomes your career path. In Erica's case, she found a nut butter business that intrigued her more than school and then that ended up being her career path. So they just celebrated their 10 year anniversary, which is just amazing. Um, And so we get into that, we get into the fact that they were on Shark Tank, I didn't even realize. It was in the very beginning of the show, and we just get into all the behind-the-scenes juice, you know, how it's really a 45-minute segment that's cut into eight, how, you know, intimidating it is being with these sharks, and we talk about the deal they made with Barbara. So it's a super interesting conversation, and we just had so much fun. Erica is awesome, and I learned so much from her about starting a business. And like I mentioned, we even get into some of the legal stuff about starting a business, you know, trademark searches, con- reading the contracts. Erica is so sweet and I loved talking to her. And if you haven't tried Wild Friends already, you, you know where you're going after you listen to this episode. So with that, let's get into it. Here is Erica Welsh. My best friend and I, Keely, started the company in 2011, which is kind of crazy. We just hit our 10-year birthday which I mean, it's just so hard to believe we were college students when we started. So Keely was 18. I was 19. We were just in our sophomore year of college at the University of Oregon. And um, a little history on our relationship. We went to high school together and we're friends in high school. Weren't best friends, but we decided to we ended up rooming together in college. We're like, OK, let's just be safer than sorry. It, we, it'd be better to know our roommate. So we decided to room together. We quickly became inseparable, like everything. We did everything together, like on campus. And we had this running joke in the dorm that, I mean, because you don't have a kitchen in the dorm, but we had like these little shelves and we always had a jar of 
crunchy natural peanut butter. And we both realized like moving in together and like buying, you know, snacks, like, you know, what we liked. And we both just realized we were obsessed with peanut butter and that growing up, we were always obsessed with it. We always had to have a jar. And so our, our, we kind of bonded over our love of peanut butter as, as weird as that sounds, but um, that just kind of became this like through line in our friendship. And then we moved out of the dorms and uh, got an apartment together. So we had our first, you know, kitchen for the first time. And we were for the first time, you know, cooking for ourselves, grocery shopping for ourselves. We both realized that we let, that was kind of like the boom of like these healthy food blogs. So we were reading so many food blogs and saving all these recipes and, um, you know, we, Keely had bookmarked, like how to make your own peanut butter. And of course, like for us, that was like, we could hardly believe it. We're like, oh my gosh, our favorite food. Like we never thought about making our own peanut butter. Like we just always assumed we would be buying it forever. And I, you know, we looked at the recipe. It was like, okay, you need a food processor, some peanuts, some peanut oil, sea salt. And we just happened to have all of those things in our apartment. Um, my mom had actually bought me a food processor, like, a few months before for Christmas. And this is like February of 2011. And it was just sitting in the box somewhere. We hadn't touched it. And we're like, okay, I guess we could try it. So we whipped out the food processor, started, you know, blending up peanut butter. And we're like, wow, this is so good. Um, what else could we add to it? Like we immediately were just, we were kind of in like the cooking recipe mode. Cause we had been cooking so much and experimenting with recipes. And so we just, um, you know, probably in two hours, we had made like four flavors. We were throwing in raisins and cinnamon and honey and chocolate and pretzels. Like we just came up with all these flavors. We basically were like, what do we like to eat with peanut butter? And then how can we just throw that in the food processor and, you know, and jar it up. And that's what we did. And we started, you know, we, we probably made like 50 jars. Like it was like insane amount. Like there were these little eight ounce jars, but they still, I mean, it was, it was a lot for two people. So, um, you know, just naturally we're like, let's just give them away to our friends. I rode crew. Keely was, uh, on the triathlon team. And so we had a lot of like hungry friends that were always training for something. So we were like, okay, let's just give it to them. We would like bring it to parties, bring it to class. Like it was just this really funny, like it was like our accessory kind of. We're like, oh, here's a jar of peanut butter. And we really did not think anything of it. We were, it was kind of our equivalent of like, you know, you make cookies for someone. We're like, oh yeah, we're just making peanut butter for our friends. And um, and then it just kind of took on a life of its own. Like basically everyone we knew on campus would like ask us about it. People would stop us. Like as we were riding our bike, they're like, Oh, you guys are the peanut butter girls. Like, you know, on campus, it just kind of the word, you know, traveled pretty quickly. And I like think that that for us was such a great place to start the company because it was like this, you know, it's a big school, but it was still like a tight knit campus and like word travels fast. And I feel like that was just such great um, kind of like word of mouth marketing in the beginning, even though we didn't, you know, intend it to be that way. Um, and then when people like kept asking us like, oh, where I want to buy some, we're like, buy some, like, what do you mean? Like, we'll just make it for you. And then as that kept happening, we were like, oh yeah, we are poor college students and we don't have any money. We can't just keep making this, you know, peanut butter for free. So we made a little website. I created like Keely made the website. I made the Facebook page. We're like, okay, let's get the word out. Let's start charging $4 for a jar, you know, a jar of peanut butter, which just was a very random price. Like there was no, like, what are the cost of goods of this peanut butter? You know, like it was just like what we thought sounded good. Um, and then, you know, that really started it. We were like, okay, let's just do this. Let's get into farmer's markets. 
we started exploring like what it would look like to be in grocery stores. Um, and that was all like in the first six months of, of like making jars. Like it was, it all had, it was just a, such a whirlwind. And we then got accepted on a shark tank. Um, and that was also in the first year. And that really, like, when I think back of like, what made us be like, okay, let's do it. That is what, you know, really like, like that convinced us, I guess, to be like, okay, we're going to drop out of school. Cause we ended up, you know, we dropped out of college and we're going to pursue this full time because these sharks are interested in us. And they're like, you know, they think we have a good idea. Um, and obviously there's so many more things I could go on forever, but basically since then, since that first year, like Keely and I left school and for the last 10 years, we've just been grinding every day, like working and building this company. And we make all different kinds of nut and seed butters, like the classics, some with chocolate, some, you know, blends and uh, we sell nationally and online and yeah, we've just been, you know, working on, on building our brand. That is so awesome. I'm thinking back to like when I was like a college freshman, sophomore, <laughs> and like, I wasn't doing any of this. So that's so impressive. Um, yeah. I mean, we don't, you know, we, ha we had our fun too. This was yeah. not it's just funny. Cause it's like, it was so, it, it was, it was literally just for fun. We thought it was just like this whole project, so no funny. intention of starting it or turning it into a business. Right. And were you like keeping up with your schoolwork at the time? Barely. I, yeah, we, I mean, we were, we, we, this was a, so it was probably like the end of winter term or start of spring term. And we, I remember just us being like, okay, let's just make it to the summer. Like, let's just, cause it, it started and we, you know, we were making every single jar. We were like running this little website. We started, we started doing the farmer's market. So it was like, it was taking up a lot of time. Like I remember staying up so late. And then if you, I mean, if anyone listening knows anything about crew and rowing, you wake up really early. So I would wake up at like, it was like 4.45 or something and then go to practice, go to class. And then we'd like come home and make jars. So it was such a juggling act. Like looking back, I, if someone told me that you had to do that schedule now, I'd be like, no way. I'll never do that again. But we were just, it was so fun. We were like so naive about, you know, like we didn't know what we were doing and what it would turn into, um, which I think was, you know, kind of the magic in the beginning. So we were, we were barely keeping up and like past our classes. Um, and then, you know, that summer really thought about like, okay, do we want to go back? Do we not? Um, and then, you know, ultimately we decided to not because we really wanted to give our business a chance. Wow. Did you go to college thinking, oh, I'll be an entrepreneur when I graduate? No, no way. I was uh, double majoring in Spanish and environmental studies and Keely was a journalism major. So, and I remember we each, I think like for, you know, some, like some of the prereq classes or the classes that you have to take, we each had to take at least one business class, like in the, in the business school at, this, you know, the college we went to at university of Oregon, there is a pretty prominent business program. And it's just so funny. Like we just, I remember like being really confused about like what happened there. I'm like, what do they do? Like everyone that graduates must become like an accountant. Like, I just remember being so confused. I'm like, why would anyone want to study that? Mm -hmm. And so we basically were like, okay, we have to take these classes and taking them and, and moving on. And I don't even know if I'd ever, I mean, maybe I'd heard the word entrepreneur, but I had no understanding of like what that was and what that meant and that you could, you know, make that like your life and career. 
Um, so no, very, I mean, I was very much just like taking classes, like what sounded good at the time. <laughs> I always say that's what college is for. Explore. Yes. Know, what you like. Absolutely. And were the flavors that you were selling, did you like lock down a few specific ones that were the ones that you were going to sell? Yeah. So the first flavors, we had a cinnamon raisin. Uh, we did like a chocolate chip one. We had our honey pretzel. And then we had one that, so all of our names, when I say cinnamon raisin, we actually called it sneaky cinnamon. <laughs> the chocolate chip was like chocolate chipmunk. Honey pretzel was pretzel pizzazz. And then we had one called spazzy squirrel. That was my, my signature uh, flavor, which basically was just like every, it's like the kitchen sink cookie recipe. It's kind of the equivalent of that. Like everything you could think of was in that blend. So we had, uh, we had four to begin with and we just were doing peanut butter. I mean, we didn't really eat at the time. I mean, this was 10 years ago, like almond butter, sunflower butter, cashew butter. Those weren't really that popular. So for us, it was all about peanut butter in the beginning. And we, um, when we got into stores later that year in 2011, we had, similar versions to all of those we had we launched with four peanut butter flavors mm -hmm. and um when i think back to again all without it saying like oh market research and word of mouth marketing like obviously we were not thinking of it like that but in the beginning when we were you know making jars for free giving it away to friends and family and then eventually you know selling it on our website being at farmers markets with our products that was such a good you know test market for us because we got to figure out like, okay, what do people like? What do they not like? How can we tweak it? And that it was just, it was so controllable for us at the time. Like we could just make tweaks so quickly and get feedback so quickly. So then by the time we went into stores, even though we eventually did change some of those formulas, we, we had, um, you know, it wasn't that long of a time, but we still had all those months before of selling kind of collecting information before we made those like final and, you know, took them to stores. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you weren't even really trying to do that market research. Like that's really yeah. what the magic was. <laughs> yes. We definitely were not trying <laughs> like similar to like, what's an entrepreneur? Like I had, you know, I'd, I think I can speak for both Keely and I, like we had no idea of any of the business lingo, what we were doing. Like when we would go, I remember Safeway was, that was like our grocery store when we were in this, you know, the apartment where we started everything. And uh, we would bike there and like, look at the peanut butter aisle and that, you know, like now a lot of the, you know, that's just kind of doing your research on, you know, the market and what the category and what other brands are doing. But we were just like, Oh, let's just go and, and see what these other brands are doing. So we were doing all of these things and just because they felt right and they sounded fun. Um, and looking back, I'm just like, Oh yeah, we were, you know, we had no idea what we were doing, but we, you know, did some things right in the beginning. That's amazing. And then did you apply to go on Shark Tank? We did. Yeah. That's kind of a funny story. So again, just when I look, when I think back to that year, 2011, it's crazy how many things happen. Like it just was like, it was like a snowball, just like getting just like wits it just got you know it collected speed so quickly mm -hmm. um and so my dad was actually the one that suggested it so he had kind of heard about it watched it, it was only season one at this time mm -hmm. and he was like oh there's this new show I mean this was like maybe a couple months into this like very wow. early on and he was like there's this new show on ABC it's for entrepreneurs and inventors with these new ideas and with these new ideas and 
you know, when your parents like recommend things, I feel like you're, at least for me, I was like, no, dad, you don't, I don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, we're not going to apply for the show. Like we're good. We're in Eugene. We're selling our products. Like <clears throat> we thought that was like, that we had like made it. We were like in the school newspaper. We were selling out of the farmer's markets. Like for us, that was like just, you know, the tops. And yeah. uh, so we, I remember he, he mentioned it a few times and then this is very, very Keely. Well, she'll just like do something and be like, oh, by the way, I did this. And so that happened with Shark Tank. Like I remember it was probably like midnight one night. I was getting ready to go to bed and she was like clicking away on her computer. And she's like, oh yeah, by the way, I applied for that show that your dad was telling us about. And I was like, okay. Like I just didn't even think twice about it. And it must have been, I mean, it was several weeks from, you know, her doing that to them contacting us. Um, and they contacted us and it was, it was for season two. So just the next season. So again, it was so early on in the lifetime of Shark Tank. And um, I, I know it's a very different experience applying now and trying to get accepted to the show. But for us, just because it was so early, we, it was, it's pretty easy. Like they were coming to us. We actually turned the offer down like three times, which I'm like, oh my gosh, what were we doing? But it is pretty intimidating because they send you this like 50 page, legal document, you, they want you to sign it. There's kind of, you know, there's intimidating legal jargon that if you don't have a lawyer, you're like, okay, am I signing my life away? Am I signing my company away? So really that is what prevented us from saying no so many times. We we're like, uh, we don't really want to touch this. Like this seems kind of scary. So, yeah. but they, they were really excited about like our story. The fact that we were so young, like they're hadn't been anyone, you know, really young on the show. Um, and they were trying to, I think just kind of all walks of life, like get people on the show to share their stories and stuff. So we, um, eventually were like, okay, I guess we'll do this. Like we, we hired a lawyer to help us work the paperwork and we realized that it wasn't, you know, we like understood the contract and we're, we're okay with it. And then we filmed September, 2011 and it aired May of 2012. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize there was such a big like gap between filming. That's really funny. Um, I also yeah. didn't even, I honestly didn't know. I mean, I've been eating wild prints for years and I didn't even know you were on Shark Tank. And I think it's because it was so like long ago that I can't season two. That's amazing. Yeah. Season two. And then they did a little, uh, a lot of times they do follow up. So we were also on season three. So, but again, like so early on and it's kind of fun. like, we definitely don't advertise that we're like, mm -hmm. I think if we just be, yeah, because it was so long ago, I think it would be different if we were on recently and be like, oh yeah, you might've seen us on Shark Tank. And we still do that, but I feel like it's like the OG fans and the people that they're like, oh my gosh, I remember you from Shark Tank. But with that said, they also, um, some of the networks replay them pretty often. So if you watch like cable TV, you're going to probably see some Shark Tank reruns. So I feel like people do still see it now, but I mean, yeah, it, it, it just feels like a lifetime ago that it's like, we're not going to be like, as seen on Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, also, yeah. was the company like called Wild Friends? Like, and did you have like all the labels and stuff you have now then or? No. So we, like? yeah, good question. We um, were actually called Wild Squirrel at the time. So we have gone through several transformations of the company and the, like the logo and the name. So when we first launched and when, you know, like, 
10 years ago in our, in our apartment, we were called flying squirrel. We had a totally different logo, it was still a squirrel, but it was very whimsical. We had, it had wings and I mean, Keely drew the original one. Like it's very like hand-drawn and super cute, like homemade. Um, and we then just printed them like on these little like labels that were in our, you know, from our printer in our, in our apartment. And then once we were getting into stores, we just, we just like wanted to change the name. We're like, okay, let's like change it to wild squirrel. Like we just, I don't know. We were excited about that. Changed the name, kind of tweaked the logo a little bit. And then we actually got into uh, like someone sent us a cease and desist letter. We got into this whole thing with our name and it was pretty scary. It was like right after shark tank. So we went on as wild squirrel and had, you know, the labels and it had like, a little bit different squirrel logo and wild squirrel on the label. And then that happened like soon after that. And I think it really was because we got just like national exposure so quickly. So we were like on the map in a way that we wouldn't have been before. And this brand may have never, you know, seen us or noticed us. Um, so without getting into like too much detail about that, we, we had to, we got to keep our logo, but we had to change the squirrel um, the squirrel in the name. So we went through so many different name ideas and ended on wild friends. Cause it really plays to like Keely and I being friends. And we say that we use friendly ingredients in our products. So we landed on that and that's, you know, what it's been for, you know, oh gosh, like five, six, I can't even remember, but a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it isn't, it is interesting. We've had some identity changes, but what we learned through that process was, I mean, at first we were like devastated that we were like, oh, we're going to lose all this brand recognition. And, you know, like that's just such a bummer. We've been using this for a while. We've been in the market for a while, but we realized that, I mean, luckily we got to keep our logo and got to keep the wild. Um, but that one word, we we're like so hung up on that word. Mm -hmm. But through that, we were like, oh, people like people see like logo, like images and colors. And I mean, very few people noticed that we changed our name when it happened. And so that for us was just like, oh, great. Okay. They still like, as long as our squirrels on there, as long as like the label still looks similarly, they're going to still see it on the shelf and they're going to recognize it's us. So that was a good lesson. It was hard at the time, but then, you know, it was, it was just something, you know, just part of our story. And we, yeah. we still got to keep most of our name and, and just, you know, do a small tweak that allowed us to kind of keep still our, the majority of our kind of brand identity that we had built. Yeah, no, totally. And it happens. I've heard similar stories from a few different companies. Yes. It's a bummer, but I mean, it's a great name, so it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does. It does happen a lot and it's, sometimes it's unavoidable, but I think you can, if anyone's listening and like, you know, starting a business or thinking about it, like, doing as much research as you can on other brands that exist and that have even a slightly similar product to you or could be in a similar category. Um, we felt a little bit differently about the company that challenged us, but you know, if, if companies are bigger, they have more money, it can really be, you, you can just really not you be able to fight it when you're a small emerging company because um, it's so expensive. So for legal fees, so really do your research, I would suggest and, and find a legal team or a lawyer that knows if specifically, since I know the food industry, like find someone that is really well versed in that industry and can help you and kind of guide you. Cause you know, we kind of made that mistake early on and, and learned the hard way, but 
just two little quick pieces of advice. If anyone's listening, it's like, how can I avoid that? That's yeah, what I was so, so was the squirrel company a spreadable butter company or were they even close to what you were doing? No, they, yeah, they were in, I mean, they were in the nuts and that nut category. So okay. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> It's such a, I'm actually a lawyer. So um, it's, a, that's, it's okay. That's right. I did. I was, yeah, I was doing yeah. a reading on you. Yes, yes, yes. So funny. Yeah. So a couple, yeah, it's funny. I always have people on the show and I, I think every episode, someone's like, you should talk to a lawyer about that. And I'm like, yeah, you should. You're like, that's why I exist. Exactly. But it's true. That's right. I totally forgot about that when we were talking. Yes, I did read that. Well, I, well as you're saying these things, I'm like, you're just echoing the importance of my job. This is great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You can pat yourself on the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is, it's definitely, it's a fine line with the trademark stuff. I always say you should like do a thorough trademark search yes. for this kind of stuff. Absolutely. And you, I think it's, that advice can be hard to receive when you are such a small early business because you're like, why does it matter for me? Why it's never going to matter. It's like hard to look that far into the future and to see like how that could be an issue. And also just, I mean, I'm you, you know, like it, I'm sure you get a lot of pushback, like working with lawyers are super expensive for, especially for small brands. And that can be really hard to stomach when you're like, well, we'll do our own research. I'm sure it'll be fine. You know, but it just, like find a good lawyer, find someone that, you know, knows the industry you're in and, and you, you know, that you have can build a good relationship and you trust. And then I feel like that is money well spent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah. What was some of the advice that um, the sharks gave you? Cause I know they're pretty tough. So yeah. I'm curious what they said. Yeah. So I, <laughs> that was such, I think back, I, I like still like, I like sweat when I start thinking of that. It honestly was the scariest and most intimidated I've ever been. Like they just, I mean, it's, you know, it's like a millions and millions of people watch this show. They have it set up in a way, like you go into this room and they're all just like sitting there in front of you and you've never seen them before. You've never talked to them. And you know, they're leaning into their characters. Like they're on, they're trying to make a good show. So they're like intimidating and stern and they're not like chit chatty with you in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And they, you're in there for about 45 minutes. So it's a lengthy conversation compared to what they edit it down to about eight minutes. Um, And so I, and there's, I mean, there's tons of people and producers and camera crew in the room. The lights are super hot. Like everyone's just like staring at you and you have to stay on this like little tape, like right by your presentation area. And I just remember being absolutely terrified out of my mind. I was like, we had done a lot of prep. Like, I mean, at that point there was only a season worth of episodes, but I made Keely. I was like, we are watching every single episode. We're going to know what they're going to ask us. Like I definitely err on the side of like over prepping for any sort of public speaking or presentations that we're doing. She's exactly the opposite. She's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. So, I mean, we did like, I prepped, I looked at so many things, like, you know, what are they going to ask us? We had people, you know, some people helping us, but just the environment they create, it's like supposed to be intimidating because they want you to like have reactions and, you know, make it a good, uh, make, you know, get good ratings and, and have a good show. But they, you know, looking back, like, and watching all the other seasons since then, I mean, it's, they don't, they don't like lie about liking a product. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, that's great. And then, and then, uh, you know, when the cameras aren't rolling, be like, actually, that's a dumb idea. Like they are very truthful on camera. And so when I 
think back and watch back our, ep- you know, to our episode, like they did really like our products. Like we like had presented them out. I also was, I have these memories. And when I watch, I'm like carrying it on a tray. Cause they had it like the producers like helped us make these cute little spreads. And I was like, Oh my gosh, please don't drop it. And their laps are on them, but they really, really liked it. They, I mean, I think every, I think maybe there was like one convo like, Oh, I don't really like this flavor, but they loved it. They thought it was a good idea. Um, and obviously that made us feel great. And we had, cause we had no idea what they were going to say. Um, and Barbara was the one that we really had our eye on because we knew that she had partnered with some other food companies, or I think maybe cause it was so early, maybe two, there was a barbecue sauce company that she really put on the map. So we're like, okay, we want to partner with Barbara. We like had our eyes set on her and we, we did make a deal on air with her. Like she was really excited about it. She's like, I think I can help you grow this. And just the nature of Shark Tank. I mean, so, and again, with you being a lawyer, you, you can kind of, you can understand this. Like there's so much negotiation and due diligence that goes into any sort of, you know, like acquisition or investment and 45 minutes. Like they, they have papers on us, but they don't look at them until like a minute before we come in. So they have no idea like who we are and what we're about. So it's just really unreasonable to be like, okay, even in 45 minute conversation, we're going to know everything about your company and know all your financials, know all your weak spots. And so they make, they're not verbally binding, like the, the deals that they make on air. And that was the case for us. So we made a deal with, um, or she made a deal with us. We made a deal with her. And, um, then the due diligence happens for a few months after, and then they say like, okay, yay or nay. And for us, I mean, we were just so young. Like I do not blame her. I mean, it's really like her team kind of, you know, doing all the homework and, and I do not blame them at all. Like we had no idea what we were doing. We were so, you know, we were just novices in this whole, in the whole, you know, natural foods world and consumer product. Like we just were like, we had no idea what we were doing. We were literally teenagers and we were trying to claim on air that we could be 50% students and 50% entrepreneurs. And so I look back, I'm like, yeah, I would have made the same decision. Um, But it was everything that, you know, the things that were said on there were all truthful. And she really did like believe in us and, and was excited and ultimately didn't work out. But that really, I mean, that was such a game changer for us. Like that on literally on the plane ride home from LA, when we filmed that, we were like, okay, it's sold. We're telling our parents we're dropping out of school. Like that for us was like the moment that it was like such a confidence booster. We were like, okay, like they're all very experienced investors. They've invested in, you know, probably between them, like hundreds of companies and millions of dollars between them all. And they, you know, like they did see something in our brain and that just like, that just excited us so much. And we were like, okay, let's do this. Let's, you know, we're committing. And yeah. So I still think there are like so many great things that came out of it other than just like having a big investor. So, oh my gosh, I have chills. That's amazing. (laughs) Confidence booster. Wow. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think afterwards I just in there I was like oh my god this is like I I, I'll be the first to say like when I watch back I'm like I look like a deer in the headlights like the way they edited it they just like really want to lean into like okay the characters (laughs) and like who are these people and how can we make them sweat and cry or cry or like have some reaction so after and kind of you know after we were reflecting and and after we taped that that was when it felt like a confidence booster (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah well of course so I need to watch yeah. the episode I'm that's amazing did yeah. any of them ask you and obviously I'll, I'll watch the episode but did they ask yeah. you like 
well, how is this different than just the peanut butter we already buy? I'm sure, I'm sure you've gotten that questions in the early days. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I feel like they would be way tougher about that now, just how much the natural food space, really every category in, in, you know, food has really blown up over the last, I would say like five, six years, but 10 years ago, I feel like there, it was easier to talk about that and easier to kind of defend our products is there. And they were really like a lot more unique at the time. Like we had like the honey pretzel and the, the cinnamon raisins that whole cinnamon or whole raisins. And we had like, there were more like inclusions and they were more unique flavors. Um, and that was really like what we were leaning into at the time. And yeah, we, so we leaned into that. We leaned into our story. You know, we were so like, we were young entrepreneurs. We didn't know what we were doing. We we're tackling, you know, kind of an industry that like mo- a lot of, you know, teenage girls were not getting into and founding companies. And so they, I think they loved all of that. And just our ingredient panels, we kind of talked about, you know, are are just like what was in our products, the different flavors. Um, And, you know, we don't use palm oil and we don't use a lot of sugar, like the other, you know, the, the few brands that existed at the time that were natural flavored um, nut butters. So, but you know, the, the category has changed so much. It's like, there's so many more brands than when mm-hmm. we started. And, um, so we're, we're constantly, you know, working on that and like educating, like the buyers we talk to and, um, you know, the brokers that help us sell our products and our customers of like why we are different and it has evolved. Some of it stay the same and some of it's evolved as we've realized like what customers want, what they care about now. I mean, all the flavors that we presented on Shark Tank, we don't have any, we don't make any of them anymore because we have, again, like really listened and learned and understand, you know, have, have understood over the years, like what does well in stores. And I think that's a really important lesson for founders to learn no matter what, you know, product you're making. But again, just since I know food, like, in the beginning, it was very much like, what do Keely and Erica want? Like, what do we like? What flavor combinations do we want? What do we eat with peanut butter? And then as we got in stores and we're getting all this feedback and from like the average consumer at a grocery store, not like a little farmer's market in Eugene, Oregon, we realized we're like, oh, people want simple. Like they like more plain flavors and that doesn't apply to every category, but for nut butters, it really does. It's such a old kind of traditional category where people are very accustomed to, you know, the creamy and the crunchy and maybe like not like oil, the the natural oil separation and no oil separation. Like that was kind of all there was with the exception of a few, like, you know, chocolate ones. Um, But it definitely is a hard category to innovate in. Um, And we've really, you know, we've tried so many things of the year, just like constant tweaking and constant trying new things and figuring out like, you know, what, what do people want? What works? What, what are going to get, you know, what's going to get people excited? Um, and, but not too excited because we want them to come back and, and be like, oh yeah, I can, I can eat this every day. I'll buy it every time I go to the store. So yeah, our category is, is a very interesting one. And I think it's evolved, um, you know, really since we were on Shark Tank like 10 years ago. Oh yeah. No, I mean, when you go to the, you were talking about going to the grocery store aisle, I mean, there are so many to choose from. It's like I know, so I know. overwhelming. Um, but I found you, and I think this is one thing that sets you apart. I found you through Rachel Mansfield. I know you have yes. some super, super loyal, like cookbook authors and people that, I mean, they only, like when I make a Rachel Mansfield, like 
I made like a peanut butter um, Reese's egg recipe. For yes, Easter. I love those. She uses your peanut butter. Like that's what yes. you suggest in the recipe. So I think that's awesome that you have these really loyal um, people. Yeah. And that I'm so thankful for that. And that, you know, I, I think that that is, you know, just because we still after 10 years, like we're not like some massive company, we don't have this endless marketing budget that we can just go out and do all forms of advertising. So those relationships uh, have been super important to us over the years. And those started like really early on, like I've, I mean, we've known Rachel for I can't even remember not knowing her. Like I can think of like Rachel and Jeanette from shut the kale up. And I mean, so many others, but those like really stick in my mind is like really early wild friends adopters, like, especially on Instagram that were just like, you know, they were just, they loved our products. They talked, I mean, we weren't paying that. Like they just like loved them and, and have continued to support us over the years and talk about our products. And that, I mean, as a, again, that's also something that has evolved over the years of like advertising and, you know, the rise of influencers and, um, you know, paid sponsorships and everything. And I think that that is great and like a time and place for that. But I love that there are, I feel like we do have like a core group of people that I can think of that like they'll buy the product on their own and like talk about it because they really do love it. And they really do like think that it is, you know, for Rachel, I mean, she's like, I mean, I believe this too, but she'll say, she's like, it's the best peanut butter ever. Like if you try it and you're a peanut butter lover, you're going to love our classic cream meat. Like that's like, and I think that's what is helpful when, when it comes from people other than me or, you know, us saying that is, is that it is like very genuine and she does use it like all the time every day. And so people can see that and be like, oh, maybe there is something to that, to that peanut butter. So I love that you found us through her. Oh yeah. And then I'll like, put it in the fridge and my fiance will like take out the almond <laughs> butter and start using it and be like, this is really good. Like, where'd you get this from? <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Um, so I'm curious when you came back from shark tank and you guys were like, all right, we're dropping out of college. Like, did you have a plan? Like, what did your parents say? Oh my gosh. I was very concerned and nervous to tell my parents. Oh. Keely was not, she was homeschooled until call or not until call until high school but she kind of did like a it wasn't super traditional homeschool like she would go to kind of like a learning center with other kids but she she just grew up with more like a non-traditional schooling than you know like me and a lot of my friends did so she wasn't worried at all like her parents totally understood and accepted just like yeah like however and wherever you need to learn and grow and experience like lean into that so they they thought it was amazing from the get-go and I was like, I have no idea how my parents are going to react. Like, I feel like they're way more for like traditional education. My mom was a teacher, literally at the time, like she's retired now. Um, but I was so terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? Are they going to be mad? And I remember my dad picked us up from the airport and we told him and I, it was like, you know, it felt like a big deal and announcing it. And he just like laughed. I think he was just like, okay, are they serious? Like, I, I think that my parents... I mean, as much as I was nervous to tell them, they have never once, I mean, both of our parents, like I look back on our 10 years, especially in those early years. And I know that if there was more pushback or if they like sat us down and were like, you guys, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, I think we probably would have questioned it more. I mean, we were teenagers still and like just out of, like we had just left home and we're on our own for the first time. And, um, but they, they saw our excitement and I think in our passion and just how much like this business was like lighting us up. Like we were just so excited about it. And 
Um, they never told us not to do it. I mean, they, I, I definitely remember talking to my parents of kind of like weighing pros and cons. And, um, but I remember it's like, well, you know, college will always be, I mean, college is a business too. Like if you ever want to go, if I want to go back in three months, I could go back. Like it's always going to be there. I remember I had a study abroad. Well, actually we both had study abroad trips and that, that even felt like a bigger deal than like the leaving school. It's like, what about our study abroad trip that we both had planned? And Mm -hmm for a lot of my friends, like that junior year study abroad was like such a pivotal moment for so many people that I know. And I had like, I had been so excited about it. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And that was something I was like, okay, I have to give that up if we're going to do this. So it definitely wasn't an easy decision for me. I know for Keely, it was, she was just like, let's go, let's do it. Um, But I think once I got over like, that, okay, I could always go back to school. I could always go and travel. Um, I remember Keely's mom, she said to us, she was like, girls, if you go on your study abroad, your business won't be here when you get back. And I remember that just like hitting me and being like, oh, that is, I never thought about it like that. And I think that was like such a good lesson of like the ownership that you immediately take on when you start a business, like, especially in those early years, it's like, we didn't have any employees. We didn't have anyone. It's like, it was all driven by us. And if we wanted to do it, we had to be committed every single day to do it and to work on it. And it's like, yeah, people were helping us, but they were helping us here and there. It's not, they weren't like the driving force. So I think that was, I mean, that was so pivotal for us in that, in the beginning of just being like school study abroad or the business, like, which one is it? And at the time. And I'm so thankful that it was that like at the time we're like, this is so fun and we don't want to lose this just for like, you know, two months of study or how, I don't even remember how long it was, I guess three months it would have been for a study abroad trip and for like, you know, just trying to graduate. Cause we feel like we have to, like, there's definitely a lot that pressure. And I mean, I, my whole circle was, you know, going to college and, and graduating from college. So I, I definitely remember, questioning it a lot um and having to like think a lot harder about it and be like is this what I want to do and now it's just it's so funny obviously you know time time like changes how you feel about things but I look back I'm like wow I really was so stressed about that and so worried like what would happen and what would I do and I know that if it was just like me trying to start a bit like when so when you I think even you said before I'm just like I wasn't doing that in college and like I would never have been doing that in college by myself. Like it was because it was with my best friend and it was because it felt like it was like just the most fun project ever. Like we were just like, this is so fun and we were doing it together. We were experiencing it together. And so it didn't feel like a job or it didn't feel like, uh, I mean, once we decided like to not go back to school and, and to, you know, not study abroad, it, it, besides it didn't feel like a sacrifice after I got over that. I'm like, Oh, this is what else would I be doing? So, yeah, I mean, in a way it was your education, like college is about following what feels good. If you like enjoy these classes, that probably means that should be your career. I mean, that's basically what you guys were doing. You were following what felt good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I am school never came easy to me. I I joke that it's like, it came easy to me until like seventh grade. And then I just like hit this wall of like this this way of learning, like the classroom, the testing that, that like, I just don't learn like that. And it was, it was hard for me. Like I did fine. And I was in some advanced classes and I passed and all that, but 
it really was just such a struggle for me, like way more than my peers. I just think like the way that I process and learn and is just very different. So I look back and I'm like, if, you know, if I believe that like everything happens for a reason, like, I think this was supposed to happen. Like, I think I was, I mean, I still did two years of college, but I'm like, wow, what if I would have done the four, maybe five, like if I, and I, I feel like I would have floundered a lot in, in college and like really struggled to figure out like why I was there, what I was doing and racking up all this debt and not really knowing. I think like college is so, I mean, I, even in those two years, like I had, I loved it. Like I had, I, I don't like regret it going at all. Cause I did have like, I feel like it's such like a growth opportunity and like you just learn so many things like about life when you're just on your own and in college and in that environment. But I think like, it's hard unless you have, like, I know some friends that they like went to college with a very clear, like, I want to be a nurse. I want to be, you know, an engineer. I want to study this. And I think like college is so great when you do know that, but I think it can be a struggle for someone like me. That's kind of like, I guess I need to be here and why am I here and what am I doing? (laughs) So I think it really was like this blessing in disguise that we started this and it, we, yeah, we say it was like our, you know, this business has been our education and has, we've learned as we go. And I think that that I recognize now that that really is the best way that I learn. Yeah. And it's a lesson to people who are listening that might be going to college or in college. You don't have to know what you're going to do after because you never know. You might take a class that you've never heard of and that will like pique your interest. And then you go and do that career or start a a nut butter company. (laughs) You never know. Yeah. I think you never know. And, and yeah, keeping, I think that is, yes, a great part about college of just, if you go into it with like an open mind and willing to like, you know, just showing up and trying things. And, um, I think that that, yeah, those are some of like the best things about college and, um, yeah, but I, I do think I'm like, well, I think it was meant to be, I think, I think I was only a two year college and then the rest of it, like, you know, okay, bye. We're going to go figure out the peanut butter business. (laughs) Exactly. And then when, so when you guys dropped out, like, how did you know what to do next? Like suddenly you have all this time. This is what you're doing. So, a big part of our story that is, um, you know, that when you just like look at our like photos and our history that, you know, is not really like, we don't like talk about a lot is Keely's dad, who was such an important part of our business, but he was definitely like, he didn't want to be like the face of the business and like in photos and a part of our story, but he, he was basically like our third co-founder. So the way that it worked out in the, you know, in the early years is, he was kind of looking for a job transition. He was in the beverage industry. So he, it was adjacent to food. It was, it's, even though it sounds like it'd be the same, it is, it's pretty different, but he obviously like had this experience and was obviously more confident of just like, we'll figure it out. Or like, let's call this person or let's look up this than we were just because he had been working longer than we had been. And he actually joined us like from after Shark Tank was just like, I, he was so excited about what you're doing. And again, I think like those, those, that first year of like what really made the difference and like built our confidence to the point where we're like, yeah, we're going to drop out of school and um, having all these conversations. Like he was a big part of that. Cause he like saw, saw our vision and like bought into our vision and was like, yes, I think we can do this. And he really like kind of helped us like craft that and what it would look like to, like we knew we didn't want to produce our own products or like, what is a co-packer? What does that look like? And he helped us find that. And like the three of us like went to visit them together. So 
I know like all the things that we had to figure out in the beginning, which kind of to answer your question of just like, it was like, okay, how do we produce jars that are store ready? How do we get into stores? Like those are kind of the two biggest things that we had to figure out. Um, and you know, like we secured the co-packer and, you know, we got, um, into a couple chains here in the Portland area. Like those were our first two stores. And, you know, from then, and then it was just like, okay, what's the next thing? Like every single day, we're just like trying to put one foot in front of the other and figuring out like, okay, how do we keep getting more orders and how do we market and how do we launch new products? Like he was there every step of the way and worked with us full time for about five years. And yeah, like I, that is, you know, I just, <laughs> I, it's pretty funny. It's just like, we were two teenagers and then a dad, like, you know, the three of us working together, like in the early years or the early, uh, probably like six months, eight months, we were working out of Keely's like childhood bedroom upstairs, like in her house. And like her mom would come and check in if we were, if we were like arguing about something, cause we had no idea how to work together and you know, all the things that were just like, what are we doing? Um, but yeah, he, you know, he, the three of us were just, we figured out everything together and he was just there right along with us. And just, I mean, if we were excited about it, he was like 10 times as excited. Like he just had like the crazy, like the most enthusiasm of anyone about it. And I know like when you're starting and everything is like kind of scary and you're kind of doubting yourself and you're like, is this going to work? Having someone like that is like so crucial because you just have to like you have to believe in it more than anyone else and or else it's never gonna you know it's never gonna happen and I know that his like spirit and enthusiasm really like can you know was very convincing for even Keelan and I being like okay yes this is a good idea mm-hmm. oh my gosh what yeah. like it's like a guardian angel that's like a that's a beautiful story I didn't realize that. yeah no I I know he is yeah he's like so much of him is in, is in the wild friends, like brand and spirit. And, um, you know, he was just involved in, and everything. So. That's so amazing. When did you guys hire your first um, employee that wasn't Keely's dad? Yeah. So we say too late. We, we were just so, so scrappy. And he, Keely's dad really was like the driver of that. I'm just like, we don't need to hire him. We can do it all ourselves. Like he just was like, love to work and work 24 seven. So that was kind of like the vibe in the beginning. We hired someone, it was about four years in three and a half years, um, a long time, maybe three and a half. And uh, we hired someone really to help us with ops. That was kind of like the first thing because operations is just, it's just a lot to manage. It's like a daily, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we hired, started hiring around there and it was a slow process. Like we'd hire someone and then they wouldn't work out. And then we'd hire someone else. Like hiring is, is it's kind of like a black art, even mm-hmm. as you know, as we got bigger and we're hiring more people, it, you still like are never perfect at it. Um, but yeah. And I think back like hiring and finding those right people and like building the company with them and finding people that like believe in the company as much as you is, mm-hmm. is super, super rewarding. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love this story so much. I wish <laughs> I want to keep talking to you, but well, I have a couple like last questions that yeah. I ask all my guests. Um, do you have a morning routine? We didn't really get into like your personal like health. Journey. Yeah. Oh, I love that question. My morning routine has evolved a lot. And I think it, I think it really 
um, so in short answer, yes, I do have one. And it changes, I think, depending on like the season I'm in and what's going on in my life. Um, right now, my morning routine is literally in the last like two weeks, it's changed. So I'll share you, I'll share what I'm doing now. So I have been waking up a little bit before six and at 5.45, my alarm goes off and I just kind of like lay there for like 10 minutes and I'm like, okay, I kind of like give myself a pep talk and I um, make coffee. I make hot lemon water. I do a five minute meditation and I do like a quick uh, like gratitude journal. And after that's all over, I'm like definitely more awake. And then I um, will start and, and start working around seven. And then from seven to nine, I've just realized like I usually I used to like start work around nine, but I realized the seven to nine period, like my brain is just so much more on and functioning like functional than kind of like after lunch or after 2 p.m. So I'm really trying to like optimize my schedule right now and figure out like, okay, I have this is just such a busy season for us. Like we just have so much going on. I have a lot more responsibility than I've had in the past in the business. So I'm really trying to figure out like, okay, how can I be the most efficient? How can I kind of move things around in my day and figure out like the periods of work time where I am the most, you know, like can, can just like really dive in. And that's also a time where I don't have any meetings. No one's calling me or slacking because it's like a little bit earlier. So um, yeah. And then at, at that nine period, I usually like to take a break. I have a busy active dog. So I'll like take him to the field where we play fetch or go for a walk and just like get my blood moving and, you know, get some sunlight in my eyes. But that is my, that is my current morning routine. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that optimization yeah. of the morning. Cause I feel like we're all yeah. tied to this like nine to five schedule. Yes. But oftentimes, yeah, I totally, I work much better in the morning. So I get it. Yes. And I, yeah, like I, I think that with all of the hard things that come with being an entrepreneur and running your business, I'm, you know, I, I often forget, I'm like, I can do what I want. You know, it's like, I need to lean into that. And I'm, you know, it's like, I can kind of like create my, my days and like structure them how I want. And I, even I, so I would get, get trapped into that like nine to five or nine to six. And I'm like, that doesn't have to be the way mm -hmm. it is. And I can be you know, even more efficient if I am doing these kind of more like time blocks of like, okay, I work here and then I like am taking a break and that's going to allow me to come back and be better at my job. Totally. Do you work from home or do you and Keely have like an office you go to? Yeah. So just with COVID stuff going on, I mean, we, we used to have an office in the last, um, the last, well, what has it been like year or whatever we we've been working from home. So yeah, I, yeah, we've just, you know, it definitely is different and it's changing, but we, I mean, I zoom and FaceTime and Slack, like we're hyper connected all the time. So, uh, that has, it's, it's changed, but we've, we've made it work mm -hmm. and, and now I don't have to commute, which is oh yeah <laughs> very nice. And now I, I think again about the optimizing my day, I really think of like, you know, I have like friends and family. I'm like, oh, they're commuting like maybe 45 minutes each way or what. And I'm like, okay, that, if I did that and I used to do that, I'm like, how can I like use that time or I'm like taking care of me doing something that is not normally a part of my work day, but that I would be spending on commuting to work. Great idea. I like so that. I just like if I because I, I think as a business owner, I can, you know, it's hard to feel like, like the work is never done. There's always so right. much to do all the time. And it's like, can you know, I can like get into that trap of like feeling guilty about doing things during the workday that like, 
or self-care or whatever. And I'm like, no, I used to commute for this long. Like I should, I can do that. I can carve out that time because I, I, I gained that back by working at home. So totally. Well, I was going to ask, so then how do you like shut it off at the end of the day? Cause like you said, there's, you know, always work. Yes. Yes. I, again, something I've really been trying to work on um, recently. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, I think, um, I found right now, again, it's ever evolving, but I found recently, especially as the, like, it's getting, it's staying lighter out at night. Um, like I really look forward to like getting outside at night. So I try to, uh, you know, I kind of work until like five, five forty-five, and then I'll usually do some little workout or take my dog for a long walk, like call a friend, like just kind of do something to immediately like transition my brain off of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that time too, it's like, I'm craving that trans. I'm like, I need something like I need some movement. I need like something to think about. That's totally different. Um, and then, you know, I'll do, yeah, do the workout, go for a walk and then like shower, have dinner. And then I usually do like another hour of work. I call it a power hour. I have to like, try to make it fun. Cause a lot of like, just how I talked about you know, working in the morning, like I, I enjoy that working at night. I really don't enjoy that. But a lot of the times it's like, if I'm on meetings all day, like there's just endless things. And like, a lot of times it's like, okay, I get to that five 30 and I'm like, I still have work to do, but I cannot do it right now. Like my brain is so done. So I feel like it helps to have like two and a half hours, three hours where I'm doing other things. I like have a break. I'm not on my screen and then come back and just like knock out an hour of like whatever I need to get through or like clean out my inbox or whatever it is. And then I've really been trying to like be off my computer by nine, nine 15. And um, then, you know, watch a show or read. And I always like the journal I have is like morning and night. So that's like a really nice way to kind of just, it's kind of like a one line journal kind of, it's like really short, um, but it just kind of helps me think about like what went well during the day, what could I have done differently? And, um, and then I, something that has really been helping my sleep is I just call it like a brain dump. So I have like a notepad next to my desk and I realize like there's this, you know, last few months and just with everything going on in the world, like my brain has just been so busy. Um, and it's amazing the difference. Like when I just like take a few minutes and write down every single thing that's on my brain, I feel like it just immediately, like, I mean, this is not revelatory. I know a lot of people do this, but for me, it's like, that made such a difference. Like, I feel like it was like immediately transferring like all the busyness in my brain and just like putting it on paper, closing the notebook on my nightstand. I could, I just felt like, or I just feel like when I do that, my brain is like way more at peace. So, um, you know, I say all these things that I do and might like sound like a lot and I'm not like perfect at it, but I, I really, really notice a difference when I do them and when I don't. And so when I'm like, I'm too tired to write that, or I'm too tired to in the morning to do, I mean, it's so quick, like a five minute meditation, but it can still sometimes feel like, I don't want to do that. I'm fine. But I think, you know, I really have noticed that in the last like six months or so, like the difference it makes in my day and my sleep. So I'm, I'm trying to, I try my best to keep up with all of that. No, I agree. I was used to be the same way, especially pre pandemic where I'd be like, no, I have to go. I have to go. And now it's like, I've been given all this time to slow down. I'm like, let me try these things. And they're so helpful. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, my last question before we have to go is, um, I asked this all my guests, what is your gift? Oh, I love that question. (laughs) I think my gift is connecting with people. And I think 
when I think about it in terms of like our business, I, something that the part that I've always loved the most is like connecting with our customers and hearing how people like are using our products and loving our products. I mean, and aside from like us making peanut butter, it's like, I love to cook. And that is like where I feel like creative and kind of like, you know, just like I can get out of my head. And for me, that's like, you know, like cooking and sharing food like that is like a form of connection. And I think that that transfers to, you know, the products we make and like that we do have a, a food product and a physical product that people um, buy and, and take home and share with their friends and family. So I think that that is a way that like, you know, my gift is kind of like expressed um, through our business. And yeah, I always think about the quote, like, and I'm, can, I'm, I cannot remember who said it. Um, you might even know it's a, it's a common quote of like, people won't remember what you say, but how they make or how you make them feel. And I really try to live my life by that. Like, I think that that is so true. Like I, most interactions I have with people, unless I really need to remember something like in a work meeting or something, but you know, it's like, you don't really remember all the words at the end of the day, but it's just like, you think of people and you're like, you either have like a good feeling about them. They make you feel good or they don't. And I really try to think about that when I'm like moving through the world and interacting with people and the people that are in my community. Cause I always, you know, I, I want people to feel good and, and have feel positively like when they leave an interaction with me or conversation with me. So, well, I feel extremely positive. I've loved talking to you oh. <laughs> conversation. Well, this so. was super fun. I love, I, I mean, if you couldn't tell, I, I really do love telling our story and reflecting and it's been I mean, I, Keelan, I've grown up with our business. Uh, I mean, we were teenagers when we started. And as I said in the beginning, like we just had our 10 years and it's just so crazy to think like how much the business has grown and how much we've grown up right alongside with it. Um, and yeah, so it's just, I mean, so many things have happened in the 10 years and it's just really fun to kind of reflect and, and talk through it and think of all the, the highs and lows that, that have gone into the last 10 years. Absolutely. Well, I will always connect you with the brand because I see you on the bottle every time I buy yes, it. I, I always I think it. about you. I'm like, oh, these girls. So it is a, you're definitely your story and, you know, wild friends. They're one and the same and congratulations yeah. on 10 years. That's amazing. Thank you. I know it did. Thank you. I appreciate that. It felt, it, it feels like a big milestone. Well, it is. So thank you so much for thank coming you. on. Thank you so much for listening to Lit Up With Low. If you enjoyed this episode, please head to iTunes and rate and review the show. This is how it grows. Please share it on Instagram, send it to a friend. I love this episode and I hope you did too. Make sure you check out Wild Friends at wildfriendsfoods.com and at a grocery store near you. Thank you and have a great weekend. I will talk to you next week.